Hey guys, real quick before we get into this episode, I want all of you, if you haven't done so already, to rate our podcast. You can do that by heading over to our page on Spotify. From there, you rate us one through five stars, whichever your heart may so desire, and we appreciate it very much. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode. And on this week's episode, I want to talk about instant turnoffs. Instant turnoffs that I've had in my dating life. And I think all of you will find some similarities in them with your current situations or even past situations that you have had with people. And this will be a little different than those progressive turnoffs where somebody does something, then they do it again. And you progressively over time become turned off by them and what they're doing. On this episode, I'm going to run down the eight instant turnoffs that I have. And I'm going to take a very wild guess and say that all of you will probably agree with all of these eight or have dealt with them in your life to a capacity. But first, this episode is brought to you by our friends over at Vessel Health. Vessel Health is one of our longest standing partners. They were huge during the pandemic and they're really incredible for those in between doctor visits that you have. You simply use the test cards. They tell you what is lacking in your body. Use the app. It's free. It takes like three minutes. You know what you need. They help craft and create food plans, supplement plans, sleep plans for you. It's not that expensive. And hey, by the way, I have a can't miss offer for all of you today. I want you to head to VesselHealth.com, that is V-E-S-S-E-L Health.com, and tell them I sent you, yes, yours truly me, and use code A-N-T-5-0, again, that's code A-N-T-5-0, you're going to get 50% off of your first month, within that first month, you get about four test cards, you could use it once a week, or heck, even sporadically use them over the next four months. It's really up to you and whatever you want to do. But again, you can head to VesselHealth.com and tell them I sent you by using code ANT50 for 50% off of your first month. All right, so let's get into these eight, what I would call deal breakers or really the instant turnoffs that I have had in past dating experiences and really carry them quite close to the heart here today and really moving forward. And I start with number one, and there's not a particular order here, but if I could order them, number one is certainly by far at the top of this list. So it's when this person, and again, if you're a lady out there or a guy out there, doesn't really matter which person in the dynamic is doing one of these things. It's it's typically both-sided, and I intentionally made this list based off of that. So number one is when they're using the busy excuse, when they're saying, oh my gosh, I'm so busy. I have a lot of PTSD with this and I'll tell you why. A lot of you know when I started working at a very young age, 16, 17 years old, working in Major League Baseball, we're working 12, 13 hour days like probably a lot of you when you're young. And I still made time for people that I wanted to talk to. So when someone tells me, oh, I'm busy, I'm sorry, they might be busy to a degree, But we're all fucking busy and we make time 
for the people that we want to talk to. Now, again, I understand that people are busy, but it's the people that are, they, they say something similar to, oh, well, you know, sorry, I've been busy or, oh, this came up and I've been dealing with this. And that could be true, but it's the, oh, I'm all of a sudden busy people where before that wasn't an issue. That's where for me, and we'll talk about the changing behaviors part of this, which is actually one of my instant turnoffs too here in a second. But it also does make me wonder, everybody does have a different definition of what communication looks like and is. But then I also question that in in a way where I'm like, you know what, that's like fucking bullshit. Like if they like you, they're going to find every which imaginable way to talk to you, to get a hold of you, and to do whatever to have you in their life to a degree. That goes for guys out there and girls out there. This is both sided here. This is not pertinent to one side or the other. But I also don't like in this when they're like, oh my gosh, I'm so busy. We're all fucking busy, by the way. It's it's a bullshit excuse. And I don't like it because of experiences I've had, so I don't play that game. But when they try and convince you that when they send a text, it's like brain surgery, these people you need to run from because they are not in the least interested in you at all. That's how you have to take it. And my thing is, if you don't have communication, you don't have anything in the world. We're going to talk about changing behaviors here in a second. But when I say the thing about sending a text not being brain surgery, I've had a lot of instances, and maybe you've had too, where before you were always texting and FaceTiming, and it was totally fine. I'm not a big proponent of texting all the time, but a little check-in here and there, and then a FaceTime is totally okay. So they're doing all these things right And then all of a sudden it becomes a huge problem. They're just so busy like they weren't before. That's a bullshit excuse and do not buy it. I know a couple years ago I used to buy that shit and now I'm at a point where I'm about to be 24. Probably by the time you're hearing this, I'm going to be 24, same birthday as Michael Jordan. I don't know if I love that because I am a LeBron guy. But anyway, that's beside the point. Do not buy this bullshit from someone because we're all busy It's just a matter of who we want to make time for. And that takes me to number two. And this is, I would say, probably at the top of this list too. Maybe this is an order of things that I I really feel instantly turned off by. But anyway, number two is when she does not initiate intimacy early on. This is a huge part of any relationship, especially starting. We all know this. I'm a sex positive guy. This podcast is based on that idea of it being sex positive. And I'm going to give a message and really a kind of a lesson here to a lot of you younger guys out there. When you start seeing someone and it kind of feels platonic, she has boundaries up, which is fine and you have to respect them. But even if you're not having sex, if there is not the intimate moments, the makeouts that have some passion, she's going to look at you as a friend and girls will subconsciously do this because they don't really know what they want with a guy and or probably testing you. So where I am today in dating, I don't play that game. Like if you don't want to have sex on the first date or the first couple times we're hanging out, like I'm okay with that. But just as long as we're making clear, I don't want this to be platonic. And I do want to have those moments of intimacy. And I think a huge teller of all of this is when you kiss her, take note. Is she kissing you with her lips shut 
or is she kissing you with her lips open, meaning it's a lot more passionate, lip biting, all that. You don't need me to get into the details. You're quite experienced. But when she doesn't initiate that intimacy, that's so important for the vitality of a relationship. And I think healthiness of a relationship is a better word there. Because eventually what's going to happen is you're going to be spending time with this person, hanging out with them. And then you're going to realize, wait, she just sees me as a friend and she was bored. She wanted to do this, wanted to do that. That's a mistake I used to make and I don't make that mistake anymore. I'm tired of doing it. So keep an eye out for that. That's an instant turnoff for me. If you're not initiating the intimacy and you're not allowing it to be mutual when I am, it tells me a lot about what I need to know and I typically dip out of that situation. And I know we already mentioned this, I did in number one, but now on to number three in changing behaviors. This is a huge red flag. This is an instant turnoff for me. And I'll even relate this to the texting or things that you were doing prior. Let's just say you and this girl or you and this guy are talking all the time and you notice and your gut kind of feels it, but you don't want to say anything. The behavior is changing on their end. And then the worst part is they act like everything is okay and play it off when they know good and damn exactly what they are doing. This is about the biggest turnoff that can happen. And if you're a guy or a young lady out there and they're changing behaviors, what I do is I say, look, I, in order to be heard or in order to feel more comfortable, or if you're in a situation where you're in love or you like someone, in order for me to feel valuable, in order for me to feel validated, I think might be a better term, I need more of this or I need more of this, right? When we're defining things, I know this is more of a defining conversation, you tell them you don't ask, right? You tell you don't ask. But when they're changing behaviors, I call people out on it. And typically by the time they're already changing behavior, it's over anyway. But I also like to emphasize holding people accountable because sometimes I've had instances where girls are like, you know what? I do have respect for this guy because he called me out on my bullshit. So number three, when they're changing their behavior and then acting like everything is totally fine, a huge turnoff. So one through three, these are by far for me the biggest turnoffs. When she tells you she's just so damn busy or he does, when they don't initiate the intimacy, which could allow you to get friend zoned, got to keep an eye on that. And then here, number three, when they're changing the behaviors and acting like everything okay, those are for me by far and away, if any of these happen, I'm out. And let's get to our next one and number four. And I think all of these are very important, but one one through three for me are, are certainly it. Number four is when they get defensive when we call them out on their bullshit. So I just mentioned about calling them out on their bullshit and holding them accountable. Some people can take it, some people can't, whatever. But have you ever noticed when you do this, how pissed or emotional the other person gets? Typically when this happens, and there have been so many studies psychology-wise in this, when somebody gets typically extremely vehemently pissed and mad and starts freaking out and going crazy on you, they're trying to get the power back but it's their only way of internalizing this thing that they cannot handle because somebody figured them out. So the only way that they know how to react is with anger or some sort of assimilation of it. And this tells you a lot about a person. So when they get defensive, when you call them out on their bullshit, which by the way, you got to hold yourself accountable. We've done episodes on that in the past. 
But when they're trying to get away with something and they're subconsciously doing it and you have too much self-respect to be like, look, this is what I want. This is not fair to me. And when they freak out, it's a turnoff. You know what I mean? So you have to just be extremely direct and upfront and honest about it. And I know people are like, well, I don't want to say anything because it could ruin what we have. Well, what the hell do you have already when they're doing stupid shit to you that effectively is taking advantage of you? You got to have more self-respect for that. And now being 24 in this dating world, I certainly have a ton of it. On to number five. This one could be a bit controversial, but I do kind of have a both sides type of argument here, but I am leaning toward one side over the other. It's when the other person, and this is, I'll say this for guys to girls, when she is not offering to pay her fair share. What do I mean by this? It's not that she has to pay for everything, but a little initiative on something small, especially at the beginning, makes us as guys feel a little bit more comfortable and validated. Because if not, and you start pulling away, any confident guy is going to feel used in that situation. And my thing now too with dates, whoever's idea was to go on that date should be paying. Now, let's not get it twisted. When I do go on dates, they're typically my idea. And even if they weren't, which it's been true before, I always pay for reasons quite explainable, but I do think this needs to be normalized. The person whose idea was to go on the date should pay. They are trying to treat you. They're trying to take care of you. But I do think for guys out there dating women, take note if she's paying for that parking meter, if she's paying for that coffee, not that she has to pay for everything. And I don't want you guys to come up and say, well, women can't pay for anything. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is in a guy-girl dynamic, when the guy is paying for most things as he should, let me preface that, it would be nice if she would show an initiative to pay for the small things every once in a while to have us feel like it's mutual. I think that's really important and it's not talked about enough. So number five, when she's not paying her fair share, especially over time, maybe not on the first or second date, but as you guys continually see each other, that could be a red flag. And for me, it's an instant turnoff regardless of how much money you have. Okay, on to number six. This one could be a little bit controversial. I don't know if it will be, but let's talk about it. It's when, and I'll say this is the same thing as number five with the guy-girl dynamic. It's when she's allowed to have the quote-unquote guy friends or he's allowed to have the quote-unquote girlfriends and they're mingling, they're always out together, they're hanging out, and they could be totally friends and platonic. But I'm saying this to guys that are talking to girls with the quote-unquote, again, you can't see these girl or boy friends, right? These are my guy friends. How many of those guys do you think of the guy friends with the opportunity when they get a little bit tipsy would do something to this person? Most guys, and I'd say if you put five guys in a room with one girl and she's like, oh, these are all my platonic guy friends, four out of those five guys would do something with that girl. I can guarantee it. It's just how guys operate and this is how guys are. But an instant turnoff for me is when she is allowed to have all of these guy friends. They're mingling, they're hanging out, they have their arms around her, they're buying her drinks, whatever. They could do what they want. But me as the guy, I'm not allowed to have girlfriends mingle with them, talk to them, do the same type of gestures. So number six is when they're not allowing you to have friends of the opposite sex, but they are because 
these people we've known for so long. Again, air quotes. And on to number seven, how often, and this is a question I think you've got to ask, and you'll know a lot by this answer. How often are they asking about you and what you're doing while you're doing that to them? Meaning you're the one always engaging, you're the one always leading, you're the one always asking. But how often are they asking you? I think back to a girl that I met probably a while ago, and it's been a lot, where we met out, we had a great time, did whatever, and then a couple days passed, and I remember we FaceTimed. And this girl's, you know, quite desirable girl, of course has a lot of guys probably in her DMs, as do probably most. And I can remember FaceTiming her, and I was just asking general questions, getting to know her, and I realized about 10 minutes in, 15 minutes in probably, this girl hasn't asked me once about me. Everything is about her. And that was the last time in that moment, even when we were talking, I'm like, I'm never going to call this girl again because she never asked about me one time. And it's not that I'm this narcissistic person, but it would be nice to see it be reciprocal. But then I realized she has all these athletes and high status people in her DMs 24-7 that are validating her and telling her how great she is. And I've dealt with this before, but I think back to this one particular FaceTime in this moment here on this episode where she did not ask me about me one time. This is an instant turnoff. And I am out of that situation. So that is number seven. And finally, on to number eight. This one, I mean, you could put at the top of the list too. I mean, it doesn't really matter. Number eight is when they cannot put their phone down. This is a huge turnoff for me. When they cannot put their phone down when you guys are together, this tells you a lot. But then when you aren't together, I'm just not on my phone is the excuse. That's such fucking bullshit. And I'm telling each and every one of you young guys out there, do not buy it when she tries to tell you this. And I know guys don't really do this to girls. Maybe they do, but this is more of a girl thing where she's always on her phone. She's like, oh, well, I'm sorry. This is my friend or, oh, I'm sorry. This is my friend. But then whenever you're not together, she's like, oh, I'm sorry. I haven't been on my phone. Instant turn off. A lot of these, as I just ran down, are what you would call the prototypical shit test in dating. And I'm in the stage of my life now where I'm not interested in that test. I kind of make the intentions clear and play by very direct rules of this is what this is going to be. This is how we're going to do this versus all these other shit tests. So to that 16-year-old guy out there who was me and so blind or, goodness, the person in college, do not buy this bullshit from them. Even if it's a guy out there doing it to one of you ladies out there, don't let it happen because your self-worth and your self-respect means that much more. So that's the episode. Those are the eight instant turnoffs that I have in the dating world. Maybe you have a lot of similar ones. Maybe you've had a lot of those direct things happen. And hey, I'd love to hear about it. You know where I'm at on social or email the show, standardprocedurepodcast at gmail.com. Some other updates. The move is going quite well. Things are happening. So we're getting closer and closer here. Uh, that will not happen until the beginning and first week of March. I know that uh, our Instagram post and even here on the podcast I mentioned before, it was supposed to actually be this upcoming weekend, but that did get moved back because I cannot get into my place until the beginning of March. So I'll still be here in Pittsburgh for a couple of weeks. So I hope to see uh, a lot of you out um, because I will be on the weekends. But with that being said, that's the episode. Don't take shit from anybody. Shout out to Vessel Health for sponsoring this episode. Again, you can get 50% off 
of your first month by going to VesselHealth.com and using my code ANT50, again, for that 50% off. Share this episode with a friend who may be in a situation with someone and they're kind of having these similar thoughts or maybe have verbalized them to you. You never know who could help. Also, give us a rating on Spotify. Five stars does help us a lot. Also, antfrail.com slash partners for other deals and discounts with our fabulous other partners. And with that being said, have a great rest of your week. Stay safe out there. And I will talk to all of you later. Thank you.